0: This podcast is produced by AudioFi. Welcome once again to New Covenant Perspectives with Pastor Ken Reed. I'm Herson Gonzalez of AudioFi Productions, and I'm so glad you found this podcast. Last week, we were in a great conversation about the word dangerous, and Pastor Ken was teaching us all about the dangers of this little thing called the tongue. This week, is part two, and I'm so glad you found us for this second part. With that, let's say hello to uh, the host of our program, Pastor Ken. How are you, sir? Good,
1: brother. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great. Beautiful weather. Finally, getting ready to open my pool. I mean, summer is coming. Oh, boy. That sounds fun. I (laughs) know where I'm going to go this summer. (laughs) (laughs) You are. And listen, I'm a grill master. I love to grill. So, I mean, you bring it, I'll cook it. (laughs) Okay.
1: All right. well, You can cook bunny rabbit, right?
0: <laughs> well, I'll cook whatever. I'm not saying I'm going to eat it, but I'll cook it.
1: Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> we are on our second part of dangerous. I've got a little quote for us to start us off. The tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words.
1: Oh, I love that one. Powerful. No bones, but strong enough to break a heart.
0: That's right. With that, let's get into the word of the day. It's time for Today's Word on New Covenant Perspectives. Dangerous Part 2. Pastor, do you want to give us a quick recap of what we covered, or or do you want to get right into it?
1: No, I would give a little review. So, like we said, the word is dangerous. This is Part 2. Um, The word dangerous, as we said last week, is an adjective. An adjective is a word that modifies and describes a noun. It will usually describe an environment, a person, an object, a function, or a setting. It is defined as something that is able or likely to cause harm, injury, or even death. We live in a very dangerous world, and it's becoming even more dangerous every day. As we move closer to the return of Jesus Christ, it's going to become even more dangerous for you and me and all believers. Now, I'm not saying this to be dramatic or to produce some form of fear in the listener. But I am saying it as a point of truth and as a warning so that we might be prepared and that the return of the Lord will not be as a thief in the night to you. On most occasions, especially in a church setting, whenever we hear the word warning, it produces a sense of fear and dread inside of us. But because God's love and his great love for us, he does not send warnings to frighten us. God does not want his children responding to him because we're afraid of punishment. God wants us responding to him because we recognize his great love for us. So God sends warnings. Now, a warning is designed, especially one like this, is designed to alert you and I to a danger that's up ahead. It is an an act of kindness and concern for your safety, like those flashing yellow lights we see on the highway. You're driving along at 70 miles an hour, and you see the caution lights. Those lights aren't there because the people are mad at you. They're warning you that coming up ahead, you need to make preparations so that you will be safe. And that's why God sends warnings to us. Warnings provide us ample time to prepare and so that we might, again, avoid injury, harm, or even death. So our focus is on the dangers of our tongue. And we talked about this a little last week, and I want to continue here this week. Now, as I said last week, there are a few things we face that are more dangerous to ourselves and others than the tongue. The first and most dangerous being unbelief, in my opinion, for the scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. I believe the second most dangerous thing that we can face is our tongues. James chapter 3, verse 8, makes this statement. It says that the tongue is full of deadly poison. Now, just think about that. That little member of the body, it says it's full of deadly poison. I was speaking with a couple recently, um, and this gentleman who lives in another state was... Uh, traveling a lot, and he had the tendency that when he was home to be very impatient and curt and hurtful to his to his wife. And when this occurred, little did he realize that his tongue was choosing words that was carving up and injuring his wife. Um, Proverbs chapter eighteen verse twenty one says this: that death and life are in the power of the tongue. It says, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now think about that for a minute. Those who love it, those who love what? In other words, those who just love talking, they love hearing themselves talk. They always have an opinion about everything. They are gossipers, right? They tend to criticize everyone and everything. They are judgmental. They are people uh, about people they don't even know. Um, they have comments and opinions about situations that, quite frankly, they don't know anything about. Their tongue just goes on and on and on. And Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. When someone is like that, they tend to poison themselves, but they also tend to poison those who are listening or hearing the words that they're speaking. Um, The other thing is they tend to separate themselves, right, thinking themselves to be superior. Now, few of us are genuinely aware of just how dangerous the words from our mouth can be. And uh, I've been married, as you know, Pastor, for going on 50 years in July, it'll be 50 years that my wife and I have have been been married. That's incredible, yeah. And I can tell you, during a course of 50 years, there have been many conversations and words that I've spoken that I wish I could take back and vice versa. But it's in that process of learning and understanding and seeing God's heart just how potent and powerful language can be, words can be. So there are occasions, and you know, I'm much better at this now, the last 30 years, but there are times now when I speak to my wife, I've learned how to use my tongue, how to speak to her, to encourage her, and to bring about that sense of growth and in her, and and peace in her. But at the same time, we can use words to destroy one another. You and I must come to realize that literally, the power of death and life resides within the tone. You may not think that much of the things that you say and how you speak to people. My wife has this thing she'll say to me sometimes, we'll be having a conversation and I'll express an opinion and she'll look at me and she'll say, tone, tone, (laughs) you know? And I know what that means. That means what I'm saying may be true, But the tone in which I'm speaking it now, see, my tongue has added a bit of tone to it, and now it becomes injurious to her. So I want us to listen again. We read this scripture last week, but I want us to listen again to the words of Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Jesus says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And then he says, brood of vipers. And if you look at the text, there's an exclamation mark there. So he has a, a stronger tone now. He's about to make a real serious point. And he asked this question, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And I think we stop right there and we think about that what's in our hearts. If the Spirit of God is in our hearts, the Word of God is in our hearts, the love of God is in our hearts, then it is out of that bounty that the words are going to be rich and loving and they're going to minister life. But if that's not what's in our hearts, if our hearts are cold and hard, then we're going to be ministering death that's going to be coming out From our hearts. And it goes on to say this, that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word, or in some translations it says careless word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Now I don't know about you, but that always gets my attention. Every idle word that men speak, you and I will have to give an account of the things that we say. That's how important God. That's God's investment in language, that we are created in His image, and that when we speak words. Now listen, we're not creating like God. We're not. We're not being God. But certainly, there's a a dimension of our lives that you and I can speak life or death to another person. He says, for by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. And like I said, that scripture always gets my attention. Just think about the impossible nature of watching every single word you speak. Can you imagine that? What a task that might be. You can see what an impossible task that might be for you and me. But listen, beloved, be of good cheer. The scriptures declare, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Beloved, you and I are called to be a people who walk by faith and not by sight. Now, sight being the physical dimension, sight being that Self-reliance, that physical place where we're relying upon our own ability to meet a standard of God. Romans chapter 117 says that we who are justified by God shall live by faith and not by sight. And again, sight being a picture of self-effort, you and me trying to manage ourselves. And I always say if it was possible for you and me to manage ourselves, God wouldn't have had to send his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us. God could have just said, look, you know what to do, just do it, and then that would have been it. Jesus could have stayed. The responsibility of meeting God's standards would have been on you and on me. Secondly, there would be no reason for the Holy Spirit, he wouldn't have anything to do in the earth today if the church, if the people of God, could simply do all the things and meet all the standards that God had for them. But that's impossible. We cannot do it. So we're in need of the Holy Spirit who's in us to be at work to establish kingdom order and to maintain our lives for us, to help us. Philippians 1 and 6 says, he who began a good work in you is the one who continues that work until its completion. Now, that's a good place for a hallelujah. Beloved, the responsibility for accomplishing God's work in us is not ours, but the greater one who lives in us, in other words, the Holy Spirit. Now, James chapter 3, and we're just going to go through this text, and we're going to just think about some of the things that the writer James is saying here. And it's the first few verses with James. He says, my brother, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. There's a verse that says, to whom much is given, much more is required. And then verse two says, for we all stumble in many things, all of us. He says, but if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. In other words, he's a mature person and he's able to bridle the whole body. Now listen, if you don't stumble in words, how you speak, right, you're able to manage and maintain your entire body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths so that they may obey us, and we turn their whole bodies, that little bit that clips on the side of a horse's horse's jaw and if the rider wants the horse to stop, he pulls back on the reins, and that, but that motion pulls and stretches the jaw of a horse. It creates a, a measure of pain, and it brings the pains in the horse's entire body to a halt. And he says that he goes on. He says, "Look at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned." by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. He says, even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Brother, what was that quote at the beginning that you you mentioned earlier? Could you say that quote again for me? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. The
0: tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words.
1: Wow. It says, even so the tongue is a little member, it has no bones. Mm -hmm. It seems like a small, insignificant thing, right? But it's strong enough to break a heart.
0: The broken bone can heal, but the wound uh, that a word opens can fester forever.
1: That's right. There are people that I know in some of our counseling sessions They are, you know, their, their parent, their mom or their dad has been dead for 20 years Mm -hmm. and they're still wrestling right now, 20 years after that person died with something that was spoken to them. They're still wrestling with that thing, even though the person is not even around anymore because that tongue made such a wound in that person's life. And that person has struggled to get past that wound and to experience a sense of healing. It goes on in the next verse, it says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Now that's a mouthful, right? It's set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil evil, and again, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless God our Father and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude or image of God. It goes on to say, out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. Let death and life, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be. And then it says, it asks the question: Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? And we can say, no. It doesn't. And can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. And so, the tongue. As we come to the conclusion of this idea about the danger of the tongue, we want to understand, first of all, the reality of our responsibility, just how dangerous the words we speak can be to ourselves and to others. And then the Bible says, as we saw earlier in Matthew, that you and I will have a responsibility and we'll have a given account of the people that we've injured and even the things that we've said to contradict what God has said about our lives and about our situation. So as we come now, we really want to say, Lord, Help us to surrender ourselves, to surrender our tongues, to surrender all of our lives into the full measure, the full control, the full administration of the Holy Spirit. That is the only way, amen, that we can go and begin to live and speak like Jesus speak, to speak things that are pure whatsoever the Bible says is good and of good report. It says to think on these things we can begin to speak these things. I want to just take a moment now and just pray for you that perhaps there was something that you've heard, something that was spoken to you, the Holy Spirit has been able to put his finger on something in your heart and something in your life. And you have chosen today to make a commitment that you are going to allow the Spirit of God to become the manager of your life from this day forward. Now, Holy Father, as we come into your presence, we come by the authority of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for being a God of mercy and a God of grace. We thank you, Holy Father, that you have set yourself to do a work in us. You've begun that work and you faithfully continue that work until that work is complete in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for the listener right now, whoever he or she may be, And Lord, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you, I believe you have spoken to their hearts, you've spoken to them. And now, Lord, I ask you to help them, to Lord, to demonstrate your grace and mercy in their lives and then through their lives, so that they might begin to reflect, Lord, that transformation that's occurring in them through the Holy Spirit into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be men and women who speak with clarity, who speak in love, and who demonstrate your kingdom. Thank you for being merciful and gracious to us. And we pray now by the authority of Jesus Christ. Everybody give a good amen.
0: Amen. Well, listen, the voice you've been listening to is pastor and teacher, Ken Reed. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please Uh, reach out to us, send us an email at newkingdomworshipcenter at gmail.com or call us at 774-464-6888. Now, I do want to make you aware, Pastor Ken, there's a bunch of people that have been listening, uh, liking our our podcast. We've got a guy named Dave, Al, Carlos, Sarah, Kendra, Thomas, Leo, uh, Maya, paul rosa and many more that have been listening and commenting on our facebook page we've got nadia Colon. we've got uh, a handful of more people that have just been Really appreciating the podcast. It's starting to make its mark. It's starting to find its home. But we need, listener, we need your help. Please share, like, you know, and subscribe wherever you're listening uh, to this podcast. And of course, every single Sunday, if you want to catch this live, if you want to be in the presence of Pastor Ken and his church, you can do so every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at the Hilton Gardens Hotel, downtown Worcester, Massachusetts at 35 major taylor boulevard 01608 it's in the upper level uh and i'll tell you what you're gonna have a Uh, uh, you're going to have that uh, upper room experience when you go to the church. It's called New Kingdom Worship Center. And if you're in the area, please come by. If you're not, please continue to listen. And uh, as we finish, Pastor Ken, uh, let's remind the folks about your books. Let's get some some titles of your books that are available now. And then let's talk about four words that change the world that will be available soon.
1: Yes. um, So we have one book called The Axe, The Root and the Withered Fruit. It's available right now on Amazon. It's an audio book. Um, We have a second book that's also available at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold called 50 Words That Change the World. And we're excited. Um, I believe it's sometime within the next week or so, our latest book that is scheduled to be released May 26th on Amazon, Um, but it'll be available for pre-orders, I believe either this week or starting next week. You can go on Amazon and pre-order the book, and I would really appreciate if you did. We trust that um, it will be something that will capture your heart, that will be a blessing to you um, as we talk about the satanic strategy of how how it impacted uh, from the very beginning, the man and the woman, and how it continues to impact your life and my life even on this day, and how that Jesus Christ has come to set the captives free, to set things in order and to bring God's words, words out of your mouth, words out of your heart, words from the heart of God back into the place where God's appointed things to be.
0: Amen. Well, we thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast. We pray that the Lord will continue to bless you and we hope to hear you or see you again at our very next podcast. For Pastor Ken Reed, my name is Herston Gonzalez. We'll see you next time.